And we are back on this Friday. I'm Jeff MacArthur in the trucking protest that started here in Canada in the nation's capital in Ottawa appears to be going global. Reports of similar protests emerging everywhere from Washington to this weekend's Super Bowl to Brussels. And some are pointing to the Internet and social media's role as a main driver. Here's a David Shipley cybersecurity expert. He joins us now for more on this. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, this may have started as a grassroots movement in certain areas, David, but many are now pointing once again to social media and social media misinformation as a bit of an accelerant uh, for what we have seen the past uh, few weeks. Would you concur? I, I absolutely concur. The The spark of the frustration some people have felt about public health measures and the vaccines and mandates was, was there. The spark, unfortunately for us as Canadians, of uh, alt-right, far-right, uh, white supremacist groups always in the background. But the gasoline that's led to this explosion, that's social media. And we have to, to come to terms with that. All right. And uh, tell us a bit about how this uh, circulates. I mean, is this just another or the latest example? You and I have talked, of course, uh, in the past about uh, COVID misinformation. Is this just a continuation of that, that phenomenon? Well, we're, we're seeing the active use of social media to create these movements and then to accelerate anger, fear and hatred, the worst aspects of humans, which uh, are, are awful because they also are the best aspects of humans for monetization for these platforms. So while Facebook and Twitter may not necessarily support these particular occupations, they're making a hell of a lot of money off of people's eyeballs being glued to their screens, watching all of this happen online. And, and they profit off of the, the fighting between two groups. And the other ones who profit between the fightings between uh, groups in society, of course, are those who want to see our democracy fail, whether they are threats external to us, like Russia, China, and others, or, um, of course, the, the domestic extreme elements that want to see our society fall apart. And, and what we know so far is that four of the major Facebook groups created around the convoy and the occupation here in Canada uh, were created by a stolen uh, account out of a woman's identity was stolen in Missouri. That was the administrative account. And it turns out uh, we've learned today that at least two of those groups were being controlled by a digital marketing firm out of Bangladesh. Yeah, and is that all part of these so-called farm bots as well? I was reading about this uh, last night. It was really intriguing, and uh, the reason we reached out and wanted to get you on because uh, there's a lot of people pointing to and talking about these so-called farm bots playing a major role in all of this. Can you tell us what that is exactly and what role they may have played? So, so farm bots are the the ability to create, say, for example, with hundreds or thousands of uh, cell phone numbers, accounts, because Facebook and Twitter and other social media companies are trying to uh, crack down on inauthentic identities. But you can easily create uh, thousands of unique digital devices that then can be used to power fake identities. And then you can automate and script whether they're retweeting, amplifying, or doing a whole bunch of actions. And Facebook admitted this week that at least one bot farm was tied to some of the Facebook activity we saw amplifying the discord around these occupations and this, this far-right movement. Um, and, and the Vietnamese firm that was doing it, they weren't necessarily bought into one way or the other this particular debate. They just wanted to sell more ads. Um, and so the the destruction of our society, the uh, fighting uh, that's happening is making people money at the end of the day. 
Yeah. And when you say amplifying things, is that what these farm bots or these uh, bot farms, uh, that's essentially what they do is they take a misinformation and they uh, represent it and make it to uh, seem as if to the uh, average user or person that, uh, again, this is uh, amplified, that there are way more people uh, feeling this way than there actually are? Exactly. Um, we think that social media is a reflection of society. It's the funhouse mirror reflection of society. It is distorted and twisted and so easily manipulated. So you can use bots to amplify particular messages. We've seen bots used to amplify the standing of people running in Canadian political leadership races. So it can make people seem like they have a larger following and influence than they actually have. Bots can also be used to targeted harass opponents, say uh, journalists or academics or researchers that might be trying to combat uh, particularly malicious uh, content or toxicity online. So it can amplify or suppress. Bots are often used in conjunction with professional trolls. And trolls are like that, that compromised Missouri account, uh, often run by real people who this is their day job. And, and Russia is the original inventor and professionalizer of this whole field with their internet research agency. They have been doing this for years in Canada. There's solid evidence of this. They tried to uh, bring the uh, the football uh, kneeling the flag protest in the United States. They tried to spark that here in Canada. That didn't work. They tried to spark off a of pipeline. They tried to spark off of First Nations uh, issues here in Canada. And finally, with this vaccine uh, mandate issue, they found one that caught. And now I have no doubt, given the speed, the scale, and the money that's gone into this, that uh, foreign influence operations are part of this story. So what do we do about this? Is there anything we can do about this? I mean, how can we uh, battle the bots or crack down on these bots? We absolutely can do something and we have to do it now. You know, you and I have talked for years about the need to bring these social media companies to heal. Now that's not about regulating what Canadians say online, but it sure as heck is about regulating these algorithms that purposely take the most hateful, angry, fearful content, amplify it and get us all worked up. Um, so that means algorithmic transparency. So the CRTC can regulate how Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, are presenting the information Canadians are seeing, as well as regulations on how fast these groups have to take down known manipulation campaigns with transparency reporting back to Canada as a privilege for accessing the Canadian market and making their billions of dollars in revenue, just like we regulate broadcast media, uh, television and radio with the CRTC. We can hold these platforms accountable. And if we don't, we are imperiling our very democracy. I can't say how much more real it has to get than our capital being occupied for 14 days, but our parliamentarians in Ottawa need to be holding committee meetings, need to be meeting with Francis Hogan yesterday to get more evidence and then to get on it and create laws to bring these companies to heel because they are the gasoline that has caused this disaster in Canada. I got less than a minute, but that was my final question for you. I mean, we've seen hearings, we've seen the likes of Mark Zuckerberg uh, brought in front of, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, Congress. But is the time for meetings done with that uh, we do need to uh, take some action, enact some uh, laws here, do you think, David? Uh, absolutely. And, and and we misfired on social media regulation last year. And, and people had great concerns, Michael Geist and others, about overreach into freedom of expression. But I think every Canadian can get behind regulating these companies' algorithms and the transparency to shut down when we are getting played. The Russians and others and, and, and hate groups are playing chess with social media and trying to destroy our society, and our parliament is playing checkers. I could not put it any plainer than that. We better step up our game or we risk mm. our liberal democracy. 
Mr. Shipley, appreciate it as always. Enjoy your weekend. You're always welcome. Take care. Stay safe. All right. David Shipley, cybersecurity expert. And we're back after this break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.